everybody this is out of the box caitlin hutchison here talking to one of the world's best hurdlers cordell oh my goodness this is where y'all insert y'all claps because obviously this ain't live you know cordell you can get yourself some claps too there you go there you go so first thing we're gonna do to kick off this interview uh who is the most famous person in your phone right now uh probably terry's halliburton um, I want you to text them, and we're gonna see if they respond by the end of this interview. It's Hollywood. I doubt he will. Uh, no, he's hurt. <laughs> actually, hold on. He's hurt. He might actually. <laughs> Respectfully, I love my man's, but let's see. Let's see. That's how I be though. When you when you move up in the ladder, sometimes the phone just be going off too much. I don't be trying to ignore people on purpose, but I look at like thirty something messages. And I'm like, I don't think I can answer all this right now. Exactly. We'll just send him a good old get well, get well text. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We're going to see if he decides to to respond to you, if he's not too Hollywood for his friend. All right, so getting into this interview, I just want to say, like, I didn't know you was famous before I knew about you last year because I went to your teepers and I was like, he went to Kansas first? And I was looking at all of, like, your stats and stuff, and I said, oh, like, he been this dude. So I just want to say, like, I'm so sorry um, that I did not know that you was him before I found out you was him last year. Um, and for everybody else that's going to listen to this interview and start to get to know you, I was like, maybe I could ask him a whole bunch of questions about what his collegiate journey was like, but I feel like you should just sit here and explain it yourself um, because I went digging a little deeper and saw that you committed to Minnesota first. So what what was going on with all of that? How did you become the Cordell that we know today? I think so. Like the, the last part of that of like, how did I become who I am today? I've always been the same type of athlete, like mentality wise, um, ever since basically my AAU days, that's when like, I believe everything switched with me uh, playing, as I just mentioned, and playing with Tyrese, the coach that we had like brought out a different type of athlete out of me. And sometimes that's all you need as an athlete is that one person to show you now nah, you can really do whatever you put your mind to and you carry that with you forever. So like, I always will go back to that because that changed just how I thought about everything. Cause I was just like, sports is just for fun. And then after that, I'm like, nah, sports can like set me up where I don't got to work. Sports kid, I was yeah, so like a whole bunch of stuff like that. But uh out of high school, I honestly had no intention on running track. I thought I was gonna play football. Uh and I was looking at different schools first for football. Minnesota was the was the first school that was like, Oh, well, you can do both sports here, or if you you can come for both and then pick one if you want to, or you can do both the entire time you're here. However you want to do it is is fine with us. And I got there and Minnesota had uh, like most programs now have just one coaching staff for both men and women. Minnesota was one of the last ones, I believe, that had a men's staff and a women's staff. And because the women's team had more success, they let all the men's staff go when they merged. And so the coach that recruited me, the reason why I went there for like the track aspect of it, he ended up leaving and he ended up going to Kansas. So through the first semester, through the summer, basically, tra uh, football was just not working out for me. I was just like, yeah, the football, that's a whole lot more than I thought I had to put in. So, like, yeah. it was just a lot of work, and especially on top of that, doing track stuff. Like, I was just tired as a person. So, I chose to give up football and stick with track and was like, I think I have more room to grow in the track world than in football. So, 
at the semester. I just transferred straight down to Kansas and, you know, we got to compete in there. Things are going well. Um, and then we had a actual mess up from my academic advisor. So then I ended up ineligible, which to this day still doesn't make sense to me. If anybody can explain this, if, if anyone can explain this to me, I, I'm, I have open ears because in my eyes, the regionals is the first round of nationals, right or wrong? Yes. So I went to regionals, qualified for nationals. That was the first mm -hmm. time I was supposed to race green, actually. I remember seeing that on TV <laughs> and seeing the lane empty next to him. And I was like, that's where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> um, I competed at regionals, qualified for nationals. Then like the week before nationals was told I wasn't allowed to travel because I was ineligible. Oh, hey, Tyrese responded. <laughs> oh, bad, 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 bad. <laughs> Sweet. Um, but yeah, keep keep talking about what you talk about. We're gonna come back to that text message, but yeah, yeah keep explaining. Um, but so I ended up not competing there. So like that just as an athlete, as somebody who basically I'll tell the truth, I went to college to play sports. All right, I'll be honest. That's initially. Cool. initially. Obviously, once you grow up, you get out of that mindset. But when I got to college, I, I'm here to compete. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm being paid, essentially, by <laughs> my school's being paid for. That's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. And so um, to, like, have your sports taken away and you got to be a student, that was just, like, a really tough spot for me uh, to, like, be like, dang, I can't go practice. I can't go do, like, things like that of really having to lock in. So, like, it was rough at first, but I turned it around and got it together and then got everything right, or so I thought. Um, we get to, we get to the winter's session. So that would have been 2019 spring. I became ineligible, thought I was eligible over the summer and into the next fall. Um, as we got to like this time of year where you're in that winter break where there's some meat, some, um, they were like, no, you're not going to compete yet. Cause we got to make sure hundred percent you're eligible. And I was like, sounds good to me. I didn't really want to run in December anyway, so mm -hmm. we'll be good. And then I found I traveled to the meet because I was supposed to be eligible by that morning. I sat there for the entire meet, wasn't able to compete because I was still ineligible. Had another meeting with my advisor. Um, she just kind of withheld the information, basically saying, oh, well, see, the plan that I gave for you, yes, you did everything you were supposed to, but I forgot you also needed this to be eligible. So then so, somebody now, get these academic advisors, bro. Cause you're not the only story I heard like that. I didn't hear way too many athletes yeah. getting popped because of something that their athletic advisor didn't tell them that they needed to do. Which it's like partially it's like, yes, I should know that, but at the same time, this is what you get paid to do. Mm -hmm. You you are in this office all day to get paid to make sure the team you're responsible for is eligible, making their their tutoring sessions, all that stuff. That is what you do. So how in the world, when all the coaches are like begging for you to make sure we have everything right and I follow everything correct. And so for that, I was like, damn, here we go again. Now I'm not eligible again. And at this time, it's legit not my fault because don't get me wrong. I ain't gonna lie. When I transferred from <laughs> Minnesota initially, the reason why I was eligible is because we, we didn't bring too many classes <laughs> over from Minnesota. But that's here nor there. <laughs> um, but once like I finally figured it all out and was getting it together, it just – it seemed like it didn't matter what I did. It wasn't going to work out. So then uh, in coming into that spring, that's when COVID started sending people home. And I told I told the coaches, I said, look, if you send me back to Wisconsin, I will not open my laptop. 
Like it's just I know I know my tendencies. Like yes, I understand. Yes, I'm an I'm a student. But like knowing me when I get home and I'm around my friends, because mm-hmm. most of them either go to school at home or go to school online. So once I'm around them, if they say, "Hey, let's go get food," "Hey, let's go do this," I'm gonna be like, "I'm here. Let's go. We outside. Like let's go." So, so like, don't get me wrong. I understand the accountability of well, you could have just did a. I understand. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if I just stay here in Kansas and. The apartment that I'm paying rent to live in, if I just stay here, I got nothing else to do. I can't go nowhere because everything I said, I'm going to be on the game and I'm going to be doing my doing my schoolwork. <laughs> like, that's it. And they were like, well, yeah, we can't have you here, all the rules and whatever. So they sent me home. School didn't work out. So then I went to Coffeeville for a semester, like that following semester after everything got shut down in the fall um, to fix that semester. And I did. Um, but then when it came around to the tuition being paid there coaches were like oh yeah you ain't gonna have to pay nothing you'll be all right mm-hmm. and then it was oh you might have to pay this and i was like i just spent the whole summer working and i was like i saved the i saved a little more than what you said but everything else i'm still a kid like at the time i'm because i went to when i first got to college i was 17 like because i'm really young so i'm only 19 at this time like i'm still young enjoying my life and so we get to we get through all that. Uh, the coaches were like, "Yeah, you actually owe this much," and I was like, "Well, I can't pay that," so I just went home. And yeah. that was that was like mid fall of 2020, 2021, 2020, just before twenty twenty one, whatever mm-hmm. it was. I don't even know. But uh, yeah, I took that entire break and I just said, "Yeah, everything I've tried to do it didn't work. I did my best. <laughs> I'm over it." Trying to wrap <laughs> it up. Yeah. I was like, look, I may not have accomplished much, but you know, hey, <laughs> the career was a good one. So I went home and I just started working and was just at home. You know, I was living with my parents, was just, I had just recently moved out and was on my own, just living. And then a year ago, man, whoa, whoa, okay, sorry, that's crazy now that I just said a year ago. Yeah. Like, happened has been in a year right um, a year ago and basically this time uh my roommate who's across the hall or actually he might be a pick team pictures but who's across the hall he was my roommate at both kansas and at coffeeville because me and him were kind of like in the exact same situation but that's my dog for life and so he calls me and was like hey uh the coaches at Pitt want me to go there but i told him i'm not going if you don't go and i literally <laughs> was like bro you realize i have not been on a track in a weight room I have not done nothing athletic besides go to the YMCA or our local gyms and play basketball. That's, That's it. real. That's real. I, I was like, I was like, a track has not been a thought in my mind. And he's like, bro, just come on. Like, just give it a chance. And I was like, if anybody else would have called me, I would have said no. <laughs> but because you called me, I was like, fine. I went into work. That day, I ain't gonna lie. This is going to be my last day. And they're like, oh, well, what's going on? I was like, well, I'm going back to school and I'm leaving tomorrow. And they're like, oh, because <laughs> I got off the phone with them, booked a flight, started packing up my room, went to work, told them that, and then went home, finished packing, got on a flight, came out here, and this year has been a blur, as I just acknowledged, you know, realizing it's only been a year. But getting here, getting with the coaches, being around the sport, I really, I didn't realize I missed track so much till I got back to it. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my entire collegiate journey of well besides what i actually did last year but the journey of getting to 
where I am now is kind of that. Yeah. And I'm glad you explained it and talked through it because you are not the only and you probably will not be the last kid that went through as much BS as you did in terms of eligibility, not being able to run because of academics, uh, being able to pay for school, some, like something just not being right. And so for all of y'all who are listening, who's like, damn, I ain't ran track in two something years because so-and-so at some other school messed up my eligibility. If Cordell can do it. And you really want to run, get your butt up, go talk to some coach, go get on some track and go do what you're supposed to do because it ain't never over until, you know, God tell you it's over. So I appreciate you, you know, explaining all of that because it's definitely some people who need to hear that type of encouragement. So you were saying how your friend, you know, your dog for life, he's the reason why you ended up going to pit, right? So Mm -hmm. for some people who ain't very track smart, they might think the decision to go from a D1 school to a D2 school is stupid because, you know, they'd be like, oh, D2, D3, all y'all road. It's not a you, you know how we be talking these days or whatever. Absolutely. But when you think about it, like y'all specifically, that ain't no downgrade. That is not a downgrade. Okay, because before you got there, um, someone I consider to be my little brother, Daylon, he went yeah. to school there. And I'm sitting here looking like, did my like, did my little bro just become a national champion? Like, what is going on? Like, this is so crazy. I don't know how many national championships championships y'all done won, but I know it's too many for me to count. And so, please tell me, talk me into like, besides your friend, what made you comfortable going D two? And clearly, um, it worked out in your favor because you you got a team as a national champion. You a gazillion time national champion individually so like well like what was up with that what made you comfortable with that um it was more so it kind of like as i said that him convinced me to come here because i had told him before uh because he was figuring out where he was going to transfer to and i let him know i said look his coaches were reaching out don't get me wrong but i just didn't have the drive behind it where i was like i'm not going to go there and be successful so um I had told him and I had told the other coach I was talking to, like, hey, if I come, do y'all got room for him? Like, it was basically like we were a package deal, essentially. Like, I really wasn't going to go back to school without at least one point of being comfortable. Um, But then I realized once we got here, a lot of the guys that were on our Coffeeville team that, like, we interacted with that we were cool with are actually here. So there's, like, 12 of us that know each other. And so, like, having that training group and knowing that at Coffeeville, even though I never competed there, I ain't gonna lie. I, if I would have competed at Coffeeville, I would, it would have been something crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, like a lot of people will say that, but I can, because I think he's coaching at South Carolina now, the new sprint coach. He was our mm-hmm. coach at Coffeeville. I ain't gonna lie. He had me in some shape that I ain't never thought I could be in. Oh, boy. Um, but no, it was just like a lot of that. But then also... Um, one of the multis on our team at Kansas that uh, was cool people with me and Trey, um, her cousin, somehow she's related to the jump coach here. And I had met him way back when, not realizing it was him. He looks way different now, but not realizing <laughs> it was him where like, he basically is like the best coach at understanding like me. Cause I'm not going to ever, I think everybody's coachable in their own ways and everybody can't be coached by the same coach and expect to be great. You got to find the right coach for you that can unlock all that for you. And he just is very good at understanding, you know, me as a person, he's the same person where if I come in and have the wrong look on my face, he'll tell me, don't even come over here, go home. 
and to try again. And like things like that is like the stuff I need as like in my coach. So him having the conversations we had before I even got on the flight. Um, and then I don't know, it was just kind of like everything in my life just kind of started to turn and shift right. And it just lined up perfectly. And I was like, well, look, if I give this a shot, it'll happen. Plus I had been telling my mom, I will go back to school. That's so, so that I love that. I love it when, when you make the decision to do something and it just line up the way it's supposed to. It's like I know I'm supposed to be here, so y'all can't take nothing from me. It's, exactly. it's, it's, it's the best, it's the best feeling in the world. But what I need to know, how many national championship rings do you have? Because like I said, I cannot keep up with how often you and your team be winning. Um, I'm not I know well, I know that at least under the new coach in the last Two years, we have three or four because they lost. They lost indoors by like a couple points. They fried everybody outdoors. Then (laughs) everybody, everybody got hands, feet, and elbows (laughs) last year. Um, And I, I ain't gonna lie. Hey, people think that the team was gonna get worse because I because. I disappeared. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. They probably about to go too. They probably about to go too. Like I said, not this is this is not to downplay you and the accomplishments that you brought to that people. Like I said before, you got there. They were already there. U.S. Autumn letter people, you know the U.S. (laughs) bro. Every other week, top top team of the week pick, top team of the week pick, top. I'm like, what are y'all doing down there? Because some. We were looking at like the indoor rankings before because it was like right when we had transferred, they had obviously had had a few meets. And before, like all of us that transferred, there was like six of us that transferred in at semester. And like, don't get me wrong, I personally had no clue what I was going to run um, going into the year because track and field is not a sport that is easily put down and picked back up. Yes. Um, just because this is something that you put in a lot of work to get the numbers that you that you get. So I had no clue what I was going to run, but we were looking at like the actual team rankings of like the projected points. That's how they do those rankings. And like, even without all of us who the other five are very talented, very, very fast, very, like very long jumpers, very very good triple jumpers, good sprinters. If they wanted to go to a D one, they could, but we're all here because we want to have fun with the guys basically. Mm -hmm. And before any of us competed, they were Pitt was already up like a hundred points in the rankings. Like the, the next closest team, and we're like, I ain't gonna lie. When we touch the track, like I, at the season up, like yeah, it ain't like it is what it is at that point. Like at this point, all of y'all are just coming to catch the smoke because you already know we about to bring it. So exactly, and like when we had that mindset, I think that made our indoor season a whole lot better. Plus, getting to like indoor nationals, like I missed the long jump final at indoor nationals mostly because I'll blame it on. You know, the way they had the meet set up. I finished the hurdle race that set the Division Two record. And then within, like, a minute, I was on the long jump runway and had to take all three of my jumps. But regardless, I didn't make the long jump final, and I was literally stressing. I was like, did I just sell the team? Like, are we not – like, is these 10 points crucial? And one of our multis, uh, Hunter Jones, uh, he he came up. Mind you, I saw him no height in pole vault in the multi. That's a big thing. Yeah. He no height in pole vault, and he came over with the biggest smile on his face. And I said, 
Why are you happy? <laughs> and he goes, I'm just thinking about what size my ring's gonna be. I said, huh? Oh, my bad, big dog. <laughs> and my I, bad. I said, oh, I'm over here upset about the missing the long jump final. You don't care at all. Oh, we good. <laughs> we so, sure can. So like just like that, like the team culture we have is just very like, don't get me wrong, we work very hard, but it's also very laid back. It's a big family feel. Like that's the big reason why I still wanted to stay here and train. Like it's, I'm not, a, I'm not about to, you know, spit in their faces by going, Hey, thanks for getting, thanks for y'all helping me get where I'm at. I'm out. No, I wasn't going to do that. So that's why I'm still here. Still training with them, still around the team. Uh, just cause it's a great team culture they, they've got going on here. Right, 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 right. So I want to fast forward to you I mean, I'm going to call it the collegiate record because that's just how I work. That's how I operate. That's, that's how I brain move. That's how I, um, I don't care what rules are set in place. <laughs> Me, personally, you are the collegiate record holder. Um, but I want to talk about that moment because I'm assuming it was very special for you. Um, and, like, what was – Talk me through like what you did the night before to prepare. Like, did you feel like something special was gonna happen? Like, what was going on the 24 hours leading up to that race? Um, it was honestly like the way so Lewis is he was a hurdler that was here. He's a pro hurdler, runs in certain pro meets um as well. But he trains with us and I trained with him like the whole season. And we got to the point where um we're essentially getting ready for USA. So there's only, you know, I think there was me, Trey, because he was rehabbing from breaking his leg last year. Um, and then we had a triple jumper, Lewis. And I feel like there's someone else, but there's only, there's less than 10 of us. And so like we're training, getting ready uh, prior to us heading out that way. Cause Arkansas is only like an hour and a half away from us. And we were just talking about the whole thing as like a, just like the meat as a whole, and we were just, you know, we just want another another good, clean race to get another rep, hopefully a legal race, because I think I only had, like, oh, three total legal races all year. The wind year. was not on your side all year. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> I've, I've never seen it. I was looking at it the other day, and I really only had, like, three legitimate legal, wind legal races all year mm -hmm. um, prior to, like, USA's. And so we just wanted another good rep to you know just get ready but lewis had said the day before in practice he was like i ain't gonna lie you might run something crazy tomorrow and i was like why and he goes because i get out on you on the start today you were getting out on me and i don't like that because i know over the last five if you ahead of me you're ahead of me but i at least like to get to like three and a half four and i'm ahead of you and i was like oh i can't really like it don't feel no different but yeah uh it just felt good plus it i'm not gonna say it didn't fuel my fire because of like the person I am but after you know the whole season that I didn't just had respectfully don't <laughs> get me wrong I did I, I said it the entire because the first thing I said after uh indoor after my first meet where I went like I think I hurdled seven seventy something and long jumped like 24 25 feet like it was a very good opener and I was like okay if this is the base that we're building on like this season could be special and I asked my coach, I said, is it possible to even get on the Bowerman list? And he was like, he's like, well, yeah, anybody can. And I was like, okay, we're gonna that's talk about that. We're going to talk yeah, about like, that. <laughs> and so, you know, them coming out with a semifinalist and, and mm. knowing that, it was just like, all right, you know, 
I love to hear it. I love to see it. But it was just, I think, getting up to that race, it was a lot of good vibes. Like, a lot of spirits were just up in general around that stadium, that entire meet. Just the people that we were, like, interacting with, you know, hours before the race. Everybody was just, like, in a good mood, and you know. Mm-hmm. As I said, everything aligned. So it was just a good all-around day. I didn't really do nothing different besides, you know, waking up, stretching, you know, going to the track, doing my normal stuff, and getting ready for the race, and just kind of being in my own world, not doing too much. Uh, it wasn't really nothing, nothing big that changed that that day before and day of. Okay, sweet, sweet, sweet. So I just want you to know you are probably like top ten on my funny list of people because. If it's one thing about you, you was go- you had time for everybody on Twitter, and I just thought that was so funny because somebody was somebody would be cooking you right. They'd be like, "Oh, he ran, he he ran uh so and so time, but it was like uh nineteen mile per hour." You be in the comments talking about some. And I'm like, it's so funny because it's one who gonna say who gonna ride for themselves is Cordell. Like I ain't never seen nobody else take the time to just sit there and essentially like educate these people. Like, shut up, get out my business. I'm running fast. Like, why is y'all on me? So I want you to talk to me about what social media was like after you ran. I think it was 1296, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. What was social media like after you ran at twelve ninety six? Because I promise you, I was on there dying laughing. I'm like, this dude is hilarious. Because all it like he got time today. It was just like I don't remember how it all started, but like when I at nationals when I went twelve eighty eight, and they were like, oh, but he's got a six mile per hour win, and I was like, in reality, I understand because that's crazy. But at the same time, this is the one event that that being crazy behind you does not help you. Like it only helps, like it helps you if you're the perfect hurdler. Like if you run something crazy, you're not going to run anything crazy like that if you're that perfect, like molded type of hurdler. As if when there's no wind, where I think like Grant is a phenomenal hurdler into the wind. I'm not. Not yet. Maybe we can get there. <laughs> we're gonna get there. We're gonna phenom- get there. Yeah, like he's a phenomenal hurdler into the wind. I don't know how or why I like the season was going like every meet, like when people would ask about, oh, how did you, you know, adjust to the wind? And I was like, I really don't notice it. Like it's it's like almost as if like my body just goes into autopilot. Like I don't know right. how I change my steps or anything like that. It just happens. And so, you know, people were always saying, Oh, well, he's not that fast. And it's like, okay, even if you don't think this is fast because there's wind. It's not like I was running a slow times. Like I was, I was still the fastest person in college without wind. Like my wind legal races, I was still the fastest collegiate hurdler. So I was like, if this is not fast for you, what do you do? Like, I'm sorry. I just don't got time for no disrespect at all to anybody who's not running track. But if you don't, if you don't run track or no track, don't talk crazy about track as if like, you know what you're talking about because that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I will never have time for that because I will never talk crazy. I will never tell a pilot how to fly a plane when I don't know how to fly a plane. Like, hey, bro, we wasn't doing what? No, I don't, I don't know what he's doing up there. So I'm not about to talk crazy. I can have my own stuff, talk to my friends about it. But once you get to posting and tagging me in certain things, I, I got time for you. Like, <laughs> like, I don't got no job. Like, all I do is go to practice. And- I see every notification. If it comes through, what's up? Like, what? I'm going to respond. And it got to the point where 
<laughs> my coach called me and goes, bro, I need to eat. Jesse called me and was like, yo, I, don't, I think I've been around you too much. I said, what? He said, because these coaches talking crazy on Twitter. And I almost had to get my Twitter fingers going. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, because it's like, what are you chatting about? I think the worst part for me, because I know you were talking a little bit about like, okay, like if you don't know track for real, my issue was that it was people that know track that was trying to come at you. I'm like, y'all, I feel like y'all only acting like this because he did too. Because I promise you, if he was if running at any D1 school doing schools. Nobody would have nothing to say. Nobody would have nothing to say. That's what was pissing me off about it. Because it's like, Yo, like, and, and then it was also like constantly like moving the bar for you because they do it with other athletes. Like they be doing it with Shakira, they be doing it with Noah. They be like, okay, well, like, I you only legit if you do this. Then they go and do it. Then they then it's go like, no, 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 you like, only legit bro. if you do this. Come on, like, bro. What else do I gotta do? And so, <laughs> yeah, I felt that throughout the entire year of like, I felt like every time I did something that was in like, just because in my perspective, like everything that happened was like. I just did this, like, no disrespect to nobody. Like, I that's the thing is I'm always going to talk my talk, but I never mean it, like, in a crazy way to anybody. But, like, I was – this is why I'm so kind of, like, not scared, but, like, I'm excited but terrified of what I could do this season because I did all that last year off of getting on a flight and flying down here and not doing no serious workouts for the season. Like, I – like – this is all off the couch, basically. This is all natural, God-given ability. Don't get me wrong. You need that in this sport if you're going to be great. But at the same time, I think, y'all let me do all this, and I ain't putting no work in? Like, no, like, of course we put work in. But, like, it's nothing crazy. Like, I didn't have a fall training. I didn't, like, things like that. Like, I didn't do none of that. And all this is happening. So, like, I think I was always, like, taken to a higher level of, like, y'all don't even know what I could really do if I really, like, that's kind of where I was coming from all year. Um, but it was just more so that I needed respect. I, I felt like I earned respect, you know, being top, I think I was top 15 or top 20 in long jump across all divisions. I was top 20 in high jump across all divisions. And I was the fastest collegiate hurdler. And then I became the fastest hurdler in the world. And it was still like, oh, well, he's at a, it doesn't matter where he's at. I could have been in high school and I would still have respect for the hurdler, the, the sprinter, whatever. If you're running times like this, there's nothing in this sport that you can say is falsified or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, you have your numbers to back it up. It's either you've done this before, so we know what you're capable of. And if you show up on a big stage and fold, you show up on a big stage and fold. But I can't take away that you ran that before. Mm-hmm. Because everything is the same race, no matter what part of the world you're in. The wind may be different, that, but at the end of the day, the races are all the same. The jumps are all the same. Like, everything's the same. So there's no going back and forth. Well, like, maybe if – no, I don't want to hear that. This right. is a sport I will never hear that from because <laughs> everything's the legit same no matter in what country you do it in. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's a, I think that's why I love track and field so much because it don't matter what your age is, where you at, what you're doing – if if God said it's your time, it's your it just time. it just is what it is. Like, cause I know, like, even for me, I'll be I'll be like discouraged, and then I'll be like, wait a minute, the last Olympics, I think almost everybody who was in the women's four hundred meter final was like over twenty seven years old. So all of them was grown. 
So I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm tripping because I'm like, I'm 23 years old and like stuff is not clicking. It's like, Caitlin, like, why are you tripping? Like, if you really want to do this for real, you got time. Like, there, crime and track and field is like, it's a construct. Like, this, it's not this real. Is weird. <laughs> so before we kind of switch the vibes on this interview, I got two more, you know, real important questions I want to talk to you about because you just mm -hmm. talked about, you know, you ain't do... You ain't really do too much last year, and you went absolutely crazy in all of your events. And now we in an Olympic year. We got indoor worlds. I mean, like it's just so many opportunities for you to rack up medals and like actually have people respect you for the athlete that you actually are. So all of us want to know what are your plans for this season and what are you going to do to optimize yourself in the best way possible to, I guess, increase your chances of getting an Olympic medal or an indoor world medal. If that's something that you're choosing to do too. I'm not going to put my goals out there because people will take goals and they will. They will. About so it. you don't got to say what you want to say, but as you've already like alluded to, I'm a bet on myself every time I respect everybody I compete against, but I'm going to bet on myself every time, which is a mindset I believe you need to have to succeed. You can't, oh, well, I think, you know, today's going to be their day. No, what? Stop. Like, so I'm always bet on myself, um, but I always set very big goals for myself. Like I set goals, I set big goals for myself last year and achieved every single one of them. Um, and so I got real big goals for myself, but I really, the plan is to, you know, actually be able to do tough workouts, do long hurdle workouts and like really fine tune a whole lot of things and get stronger still, get faster still, and be able to really, you know, showcase what a full year of track and field and being back in the sport can really do for me. So I'm just excited for all of the different, you know, like new things that are going on. Cause you know, in college you go to the same few meets every, every year, basically like you go to those same meets. So now going to different parts of the country, different parts of the world, still blows my mind to be able to say that but to go out to other places and just you know be me um i'm excited for all that and really hoping that this year is going to be very special so i know it might be a little early because i know pros like they come in and out of meets be back and in, be back and out every every other five minutes but are there any meets that we can maybe expect to see you at this season if you're allowed to talk about it uh you will see me in maybe a month Maybe less than a month, maybe more mm -hmm. than a month. Oh, okay. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> maybe. He not he not some no secrets. It's cool. It's cool. We're not gonna press <laughs> you on it. So I wanna get a little bit back before like before I, like I said, before we start shifting gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, I really wanna get into this Bowman conversation for a couple of minutes because I promise you I was so heated the entire season. I'm like, so the three time national champion, like he can't like he can't get on the and the reason why I was so passionate about it, too, is because I think I started realizing, like, what was going on when Trevor had made uh, one of the lists at some point, like, a few years ago. And I was like, oh, like, they really don't be having, like, anybody besides D1 kids on this list. And I wasn't really paying too much attention to it until, like I said, when I noticed that Trevor had gotten the list at one time. And I'm sitting here like, you got the – so, so like, what's up? Oh. I, I don't even know what I want to ask you because I feel like you could probably sit here and like talk about it for like a bazillion minutes. But just for like a minute or two, what was 
just give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts. <laughs> or like, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how <laughs> this talk. So, as I had said, like, after I'd asked my coach about it, my goal the entire season was to just get on the list. Like, I was, I kind of already believed I wasn't going to win. But I was like, if I could at least get on the list, that's enough for me. So, when I finally got on the list, and then the week after that list came out, I re-PR'd in all three of my events. And then got taken off the list. I was like, oh, y'all are wildin'. Because then I watched, I ain't gonna lie, I watched all of, all of the D1 Nationals. I watched all of it. And I was like, okay, he did well. He didn't do what he was projected to do. He And I, like, I went through and, and looked at the whole thing. And I was like, look, respectfully, don't get me wrong. Everybody on that list, I personally believe Jaden should have won. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. I knew he was. Win- I knew he was winning off the rip. Like that, that, I gotta talk to him after I talk. Literally an hour and a half. I'm talking to him after I talk to you. So yes, I was like, yeah, he's going to win because I was like, oh, this. I was like, he's taking like twelve jumps total <laughs> all year. <laughs> like he, he, he's showing up to competitions, jumping a couple times and saying, "Hey, y'all got it." And I was <laughs> like, yeah, you got it, bro. <laughs> so I knew I wasn't gonna win, but I at least wanted to be able to. Get that invite to the banquet. Be there. Like, right. That. Like, I just wanted to be a part of the list. Um, and that's just kind of where I was. I have, I got a couple of sources that told me the reason why I was left off of it. Who knows if there's validity to it, but apparently it was just more so the fact of, you know, the thing that runs the world, money. Um, they, they didn't really care. They didn't really want, you know, a Division two school to be catching more spotlight than one of their glorious mm-hmm. universities. So at the end of the day, I being on the list made enough for me because that I my goals kind of shifted towards, you know, just trying to inspire people as far as, you know, don't give up on anything because I gave up on the sport for a couple of years and the sport never forgot me when I got back to it. Um, but also it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. If you're fast or whatever, fast, jump far, throw far, anything like that, you're going to get recognized as long as your numbers are there, regardless of where you are. So hopefully a lot more students won't, or students, uh, athletes won't put themselves into positions where they're, you know, not really liking a coach or whatever, but they're staying there because it's a D1 university. It's this, it's that you can go thrive somewhere else. Like I'm not trying to say, Oh, let's boycott D1 schools. No, there are great D1 schools. D, like, Kansas was a great school for me. Other people that were there at the same time don't have that same exact experience. So it all depends on you as a person. And especially with them changing, like, a lot of the transfer rules, I think that they it takes time to find out the right place for you as an athlete. Because right. to be the best version of yourself, I think you have to be in the best situation for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then just for, like, a couple more seconds – um, do you think like the Bowerman should like change in any way? Cause I feel like every year there's always controversy because at the end of the day, like the Bowerman is literally left up to personal opinion. Like, yes, the stats and stuff have to be there, but somebody else could have felt like somebody else should have won despite the stats and stuff like that. Like all of that is literally left up yeah. to personal opinion. Um, and then, you know, sometimes for me, I guess I see like, it's heartbreaking when I see other athletes in other divisions who, you know, are of your caliber and then, you know, still don't really have the chance to share that same spotlight. So would you kind of change the Bowerman or anywhere or would you kind of, you know, just leave it alone, keep it the same and just let people feel how they feel? 
I would kind of like how I don't know how they're actually used, but I've just like when you look at World Athletics, like certain performances, they get X amount of points for their event. I think personally that they should adopt that type of system where performances are just awarded X amount, 600 points, whatever it is, as far as like this performance is above above a normal standard. But then also, I do think you have to be consistent. I don't think you can have one performance and then be able to just be like, well, yeah, I'm faster than everybody right now and just relax because I don't believe it. I don't think that you can you should be the fastest hurdler or the fastest sprinter, whatever it is, all season, then get to nationals and not make the final. That like something like that, that's something that shouldn't that should play a part into it. Um, you know, there's essentially two seasons of track, indoor and out. So I think being consistent over all of that, regardless of what you're doing, is something that needs to be put in there as well. But I don't know. It's I think no matter how you do it, I don't think there'll ever be a clear cut way to to like do something like this. I mean, it's great that we have something like that, but I don't know. Somehow, some way, it's got to become more inclusive. Otherwise, because I know I was being people on when I got on the list, people were on Twitter going crazy about why is he on the list. Uh, this distance runner from out here, y'all don't ever show distance. Dang. No love. And it was like, and like I under, it's like I get that, but at the same time, if we and like, I think it was, um, I think it was Kenneth Brooks was on the on the list. Yeah, and I was, and I literally was looking. I was like, what could a distance runner be doing? And then I looked, and I was like, never mind, never mind, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, like once you look at like once you start looking at stuff, and it's like okay this makes a lot more sense where like I really wasn't bothered about getting dropped off of it. Cause I was like, everybody really is doing this stuff. And I was like, the only difference is of putting me on this list is all of them have a collegiate record. And I was like, at the time I was like, I don't. And I, and like, the thing is, it wasn't even my fault. Like I just couldn't, I did like at the time I had no, every race was illegal. <laughs> like, so I was like, I, I can't do much about it. You see it. I run a good race and look up and see 2.2. And I'm like, this is, I'm upset. Like seeing 4.4. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, it was. So I don't know. I think they need, they need to find a way to make it more inclusive. Find a way to just kind of balance it. Maybe, maybe eight people is just like having eight for most of the year is just not enough people. Maybe have a larger list. Um, maybe that will ease people's minds. Maybe more people are like me, honestly, and just want to be on the list for regardless. And that's mm-hmm. where they're coming from. So if the list is slightly bigger, then it's like, okay, I made this list. I understand my place that I am still a top ex athlete in in college, and I'm I'm. It's not going unnoticed. Right. Uh, I think that would that would also make a difference because some people are like, well, these people haven't been on the list all year, and now they're on the list. Where'd they come from? <laughs> Yeah, I completely understand that. So, like I said, this is a get-to-know-you interview because I feel like more people need to know who Cordell is. So, I feel like it's only right if we do some rapid-fire questions, okay? Um, All right. right, So, let's hop into it. First one, who's three people that you can name right now that you can credit towards the success you've had in the the past year? My mother, Jesse Miller, and Trayvon Ferguson. Okay. Uh, what's your deepest, darkest secret and your social security number? Hey, yeah. 
<laughs> See, he wasn't even know. He didn't even know. But not for real. No, I'm just stop playing. Um, okay, if not track basketball or football, because I know you can play all three, so I wasn't even gonna make this easy for you. Um, uh, where would you be investing all of your sports time? Like, what sport would you be doing if it if it wasn't those three? Here's the thing. Are we still going the route of I'm going towards the professional scene in that sport? Or yes. just like, uh, I'd probably go NBA. NBA. Like, basketball is You can't so do much. basketball, though. You can't do basketball, football, or track. Because I know you can do all three. That's too easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. Trying to think. Technically, it is a sport. I'd be a professional gamer. A professional game. Okay. That's a, a conversation you, that's a conversation you're going to have a different day, but I'm, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> I'm going to let you have it. It's just an electronic sport. It's an eSport. Okay. Well, I can't talk bad about eSports because who knows what industry I'm going to end up in after I graduate in May, so I'm going to keep my mouth <laughs> shut. But, you know. All right. What's the last thing in your search history? On Google, on what? Or on Google. That would be... Um, I can't say that. That's spoiled. <laughs> um, so prior... Okay, I'm sorry. That one I can't say, but I'll say the one before it. The one before okay. that is Randy Orton's championship range. Okay. <laughs> if I gave you a million dollars right now, what's the first thing you buy? First thing I'm buying? Yes. I don't know what I would buy, but I know... The first thing I that I always do whenever I come into some money, most of uh, not most of it, but a good amount is going to my mom first. I love I just, that. He's made far too many sacrifices for me to get me to this point that obviously as um as a young black male, it's not like a it's like some something innate we all got where it's like no matter what I do, I'm doing it for my dukes. And so she's made a lot of sacrifices where I she can tell me, oh, you don't got to do this. You don't got to do that. If I can do it, I'm going to do it. So, yeah, that that would be the first thing I would do. And I, I don't even know what I would buy. I'd probably go get Qdoba, honestly, and celebrate. <laughs> real, hey. real, real. That's so real. Um, When I told you to text the famous person in your phone, what did they respond back to you with? He said exactly. Let's see. Ooh. He said, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, my brother. Good, good, good. Okay, okay. He love you. That's real. That's real. Um, what type of music do you be listening to? I listen to everything. Like if I'm being honest, if I so sorry, I'm doing this on my phone. But if I go into my genres on my phone, I've got Afrofusion, Afrobeats, alternative, children's music, Christian music, children's music. Country music, dance, electronic, hard rock, hardcore rap, hip hop, holiday, house, metal, Spanish, pop, R&B, rap, reggae, rock, uh, from singers or songwriters, soundtracks, urban Latino, and vocals. See, you my favorite kind of person because if people be like, can I listen to your music? I'm like, you don't want to listen to my music because I'm not listening Okay, like Youngboy is my favorite artist, but like I'm not listening to Youngboy and Rob Phonine like all hours of the day. If you go to my playlist for real, they're gonna be like, Caitlin, One Direction, Five Seconds, 
Because all, if the music is fire, the music is fire. Like there's nothing I could do about that. Like my Absolutely. my soul is just gonna gravitate towards it. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a conversation I've had for years. Whenever whenever people get in my car, whenever somebody say they grab my, I'm like, oh, can you grab my phone? And I got my headphones in, and they'll grab it off the off my bag or whatever, and they look at what's playing. They're like, you're warming up listening to this. Yes. Hey, and what you gonna do about voice. it? <laughs> she got a great voice, gang. <laughs> Like, like it is what I it is. To, I listen to great voices. So great voices and great beats. And you got me. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have a favorite artist though? I see somebody back there. That's, me. That's right. That's okay. Way. I mean, personally, I ain't on the right way, way. But you that's know understandable. That's that's like I said, that's a whole nother yeah. conversation. He got he got a couple <laughs> good songs I'll be rocking with. So if somebody came up to you with a weapon to your head and said, you got to sing three Rod Wave songs without messing up, are you surviving? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, if they, like, the thing is, from, like, because I'm a normal person and I'm young, um, like, when you, <laughs> I go out, like, and, and no matter what type of club scene I'm in, I know every song. Like, <laughs> going up in Growing up, growing up in a predominantly white area where like down here, like I'm around a whole bunch of different cultures and stuff. And like they'll be ready to go into the club and hear, you know, young boy, hear this, hear that. They throw some Miley Cyrus on. They throw okay. like, I'm so crazy. Like we can we can insert regardless. So I don't even know why. Like, listen, exactly. that's why we're around the right group of people. Yeah. I don't care. Party in the USA, because you know, you know. My 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 other my other friends. That's what they like listening to. I'd be like, I don't care if I'm in a good mood. Like that's what we're vibing to. Like that's perfectly fine. Yeah, like it just yeah. There's a lot. There's not like there's a lot of songs where if they just started playing the song, I I would most likely know that at least know some part of the song. Yes. But if if they say Rod Wave, I'm going. I'm gonna let them pick the song. All right. So can you sing? Yes. Okay, I need you to sing two lines no. from Rod Wave right now. Not singing right yes. now. Okay, okay, you don't gotta sing. You can rap two lines from him right now. <laughs> uh, woke up in the morning like I ain't supposed to be here. Walk inside the dealer like I ain't supposed to be here. Um, what else did he say? Hey, walk inside the dealer, people look at me weird. Like I ain't supposed to be here. Probably the richest one here. I got too many cribs. I only stay for the year. That's Crazy and that low key, that song actually, I ain't gonna lie, it was because the chorus in that song is like that he dropped everything to follow his dreams, and I was like a year ago, I really did, I legitimately dropped what I was doing and said forget it, and I'm now literally living my the dream I had as a child. Um, and then what else we gonna say? Uh, dang, I've been put on the spot. I can't even. I, can't, <laughs> I just gotta. I, I want you to know whenever I see you at a track meet this year and I interview <laughs> you, as I'm gonna get you to sing before the year is over. Like you got you up until September. Will. You got you up until will. September of this season of the wait, wait, isn't that when the yeah, I'm assuming you're gonna be in the Diamond League final. You got up until September to give me two. I don't even know why my brain just farted. Two lines singing right away. Like you're not getting out you're of this. Probably, I know you probably you'll probably honestly just catch me. Like 
because I really do sting all the time. I be in my room with my speaker blasted, be cleaning, be gaming, whatever, just in here singing to the point where my roommates is coming, open the door like, bro, you've been singing for two straight hours. Shut up. <laughs> Man, and like, it's, it's not even like, a, oh, you're a bad singer. It's just I'm tired of hearing you. I want to hear myself think. <laughs> I'm like, my mm-hmm. fault. All right, so I got two more questions so that way we can go ahead and get out of here. Well, technically it's three, but we just just a couple more so you can go ahead and get to practice. Um, have you seen the matchups that World Athletics has been posting on their Instagram pages? Uh oh, of like the of like, like the fantasy and, stuff? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I'm about to ask you about two of them and you're gonna give me your answers. Okay. Oh, man. I don't so, want I don't want to upset nobody. You're not gonna upset nobody. You're not gonna upset nobody. Um, the the one they posted today, 150 meter fantasy matchup between Sharika Jackson and Shakari Richardson. Which one are you picking? Going with that woman from Texas. <laughs> I'm going with that. Yes. I'm going with that woman from Texas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, another one they got. This is so out of the ordinary, but we're gonna go ahead and ask it anyway. Karsten Warhol, Mondo Duplantis in a hundred meter dash. Who is winning that? See, I don't know what I don't know if Karsten's ever run a hundred in his life, like just a straight hundred. I don't know. Mondo a 10 5 guy. <laughs> That's true. Mondo, he's a 10-5 guy. The but only Karsten, reason yeah. the only reason why Karsten has a chance is because that man is crazy. Yeah. If you just go on his it's like I don't, I don't, it's like, I don't even think he would care if he might not be good at it. Like, he's going to be running on pure, like, just, exactly. like, I'm, I'm him. Like, you're not messing with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's kind of a tough man to bet against, but Mondo's a natural-born winner. So, so you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Really Mr. Winning, so, I'm, I would pick Mondo in that. But I think that would be a good race, though. <laughs> it would be a good race for the aspect of Mondo's done it before, plus he already is has that mindset of winning, but then, like, legitimately, Carson is insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know what to pick. Yeah, okay. it's, that, that one's tougher. And but, so the last one I got for you is, how do you feel like God is using you? Um, I think the best way to, like, what I've learned in, of walking the last year um. I'm just kind of being used as a vessel to inspire and like allow people to understand you can regard, even if it's not athletically related to follow your heart, follow your dreams, things, things of that nature. Um, Just because if we are asking about where I was a year ago, like mentally, mentally I wasn't in a good spot. So I was like, I'm not supposed to be working a nine to five. (laughs) Like right. I'm far too athletic for this. And it was always the same thing, but people, no matter who I interacted with while selling phones, watches when I was working at us cellular, um, the common theme of like the reviews was he's just a good spirit to like be around, like to be able to have a conversation with. And so like, that was a positive for me, but that's also the same thing that people say when they talk to me now and they're like, Oh, well, I just kind of expected, you know, you just kind of seem a bit arrogant because of the way I, the way it seems that I'm projecting myself, but I'm just a very confident person in myself and is just happy to be where I'm at. So uh, people always are like, yeah, you are way brighter of a soul than like I was expecting. I was really not expecting for you to 
and it's so I think just being, you know, joy, being joy and inspiring people is just kind of what I'm being used for. Nice, nice. Well, everybody, I wish I had more time to talk to Cordell because I can say after hours speaking with him, I do feel that joyous and amazing spirit that, you know, he was giving them people at US Cellular. But everybody, um, go ahead and get this man his flowers. I feel like he's going to do something insane this year because like he said, he didn't even do all that much last year. And look at what he did. So everybody, make sure y'all got Cordell on y'all list of people to medal in the Olympics this year. Um, but other than that, man, thank you, Cordell, for talking to me. And I shall see you at some point this season. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me.